This is Telemetry Now, and I'm your host, Phil Gervasi, and with me today is Ted Turner, a cloud solutions architect with Kentic, and a, uh, a veritable cornucopia of knowledge when it comes to public cloud and the journey and struggles that many of us have gone through in recent years, trying to lift and shift from our own data centers into the public cloud. Now we'll be answering the question, is the cloud first initiative that's been coming from many CIOs and CTOs lately, always the best path forward? We're gonna be talking about the real reality of just picking everything up and tossing it into AWS, Azure, or GCP. So let's get started. Hey, Ted, great to have you on today. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you. Uh, before we get started, uh, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience, a little bit of background about who you are? I'm Ted Turner, Cloud Solutions Architect over at Kentic. Uh, I've been in the business helping manage applications and networks for uh, close to 20, 30 years now. 20 or 30 years in the business. All right. Well, you certainly are a veteran then. Uh, one of the things that I, I do want to say that I appreciate about you, Ted, having gotten to know you, is uh, we, we sort of have a very similar background in that we both started working with uh, SMB at first, small and medium business, and then got into enterprise networking and then bigger and bigger kind of global scale enterprise networks at some point. So that is a cool commonality that I appreciate about you. Now, I, uh, I got back from a short camping trip in upstate New York recently, and, uh, and I was very proud of that, so I'm kind of bragging about it on, uh, on the work slack. And then, you know, Ted chimes in with a recent hiking trip that he did. So for, for our audience, where, where did you go, Ted? I was in South Korea and uh, Seoul, Korea, and I was up on top of Namsan. So uh, it's a south mountain right there in the center of Seoul, Korea. Wow, that really sounds amazing, Ted. Uh, I mean... I do like taking the canoe up on some little pond in upstate New York, but I will concede that you win this round, okay? So I want to jump right in here and uh, and talk about kind of the elephant in the room about public cloud. So I remember years and years ago, not that many years, but a few years ago, the big thing when leadership started talking about uh, moving their data centers into public cloud was cost savings, right? It was this idea that we are not going to own anything anymore. We are going to pick everything up, put it into AWS or Azure, whatever, and uh, save tons of money and then all get huge end of year bonuses. That's not exactly the case anymore, though, is it? No. So I saw a, a, a case where we took our FAQs we had call centers taking phone calls, answering questions all the time. And we loaded those out into AWS. And all of a sudden, the call center telephone traffic dried up. So I have seen huge cost savings materialize. But then you start to move the rest of your applications, not static content. And then that's where the rest of the conversation starts. And by the rest of the conversation, you mean the conversation around which applications make sense to migrate into the cloud uh, because they'll perform better or because they'll be more accessible and ultimately cheaper to run in the cloud, but not always. That's not true for probably 95 to maybe 99% of your business. What? I mean, 95 to 99% of my business? That flies completely in the face of pretty much everything that we've heard about migrating all of my workloads to the cloud and saving a ton of money. I mean, that was the narrative and the main impetus that people started that process, you know, some years ago, right? So for the first three years, our mantra was, we're going to move to the cloud. We're going to start to be faster. We're going to iterate. We're going to be agile. 
and we're going to save money. After the third year, management from the CEO on down said, cost savings, take it off the board. That is not something we're going to measure. Yeah, you know, I remember having similar conversations about SD-WAN not long ago. You know, when, it, when SD-WAN was brand new, 2016, 2017, one of the main drivers was cost savings. Get rid of your MPLS links and, and some other kind of uh, running over the internet and, and getting rid of lease lines and private lines. But, uh, but soon after implementation started rolling out, the reality set in is, you know, we're not going to really save much money because a lot of the time we're keeping our MPLS or we're going to... We're, we're locked into our MPLS because we're under contract or whatever other reason. It's just, it's the same thing. Cost was taken off the board. But with regard to cloud, is it that we've been duped into thinking that going to the cloud was cheaper? Or is it that the uh, the implementations are now more mature? And so we're seeing the reality of how cloud is being utilized today, which may be different than the way we thought it was going to be used at first. So the first part is when you go into the cloud, you can build it right. If it doesn't work, you can start from scratch and build it over again. That's the cool thing, because most of the time you still have your data center. So where we came from, we were pushing boxes of software out the door back in the day. And so Walmart, Office Depot, Office Max, that software went out annually. And we didn't care because we didn't deliver software through the internet. Then 2010, 2011 came, the internet became a big thing and our, our backups would take three days to do a restore. And so having that data replicate between uh, Plano and California was impossible to do with those same circuits that you were talking about, those MPLS circuits. It was just impossible. When we moved into the cloud, we could do those things. So now when we're doing this high capacity, making sure that the customer data is backed up and in multiple regions, that starts to become a problem and that adds to your complexity, that adds to your cost. So just from that, that basic premise, things that as your company grew, you didn't necessarily do in the data center before. Now you can do these things in the cloud, there's nothing fettering you and you can actually do your well-architected application, your well-architected frameworks. You can build it correctly, but when you do that, you're incurring costs, costs that you avoided maybe in your data center before. All right, so then it sounds like the nature of how industry is utilizing cloud technology has changed. It's not just lifting and shifting a VM into the cloud and then running it from there, but it's uh, it's all the complexity of how those resources are consumed today, distributed applications, multi-cloud containers, and also the inherent cost, high cost, of getting to and from the cloud over the public internet. But wouldn't you say that maybe some of that cost is worth it considering the incredible benefit that we have to uh, availability, resiliency, and that sort of thing? It is, but it's costing more. But if you went and built that in your data center, you're gonna drive your data center costs up sky high. So now you can start to take a slice of your business at a time, but you're not actually saving money, you're spending more. Right, so I think I understand your line of reasoning. Um, I'm gonna wander a little bit here in my explanation, so just bear with me. But ultimately what you're saying is that applications and service delivery are much more complex than they were years ago. They're more complex today, and there is an inherent cost to that, whether you're deploying and running stuff from on-premises in your own data center or in the cloud. And so it's by virtue of the complexity and the way we consume applications that we have a high cost, not necessarily because cloud is just crazy expensive and we were duped. Now. I guess that begs the question, 
if our strategy needs to change because it uh, the way we use applications necessitates that, uh, assuming that we don't have an unlimited budget, how do we go about determining what we migrate to the cloud, which workloads, which applications, and how do we determine that from a, a cost perspective as well? Uh, you're gonna have to take several attempts at this. This is kind of the, the key learning as you're trying to put things into the cloud, trying to take pieces of your application stack, uh, whatever it is in your business, take something simple, maybe identity management, maybe just document storage, something simple and start putting it out into, out into the cloud, making sure it's secure, ready to go and see where those costs start to pile up. There's a lot of ways to go out there and save money in the cloud, but those things that you're used to for your business, making it available for your staff, making it available for your customers, they may have to change some of what they do. So it may have been you're using a computer and you're using Windows filing system, and now you have to use a web browser to gain access to some files. There's a change that needs to occur there. And so that incurs some cost because you've got some training. You've got people who are resistant. You have people that want to do things the old way. Why do they want to you know, do these newfangled methods? Uh, so there's just a, a lot of complexity in enabling that change, let alone when that data starts to hit. Um, uh, we just did a, a cloud field day and one of the customers had data writing from their data center out to a storage location in the cloud. And when they moved that same application from the cloud to the cloud, they're moving across the public internet, but still in the cloud. And they didn't realize that transferring data out of the cloud and then back into the cloud is expensive. And it was gonna cost close to $100,000 a year simply because that migration from on-prem to the cloud, they're thinking the same way, but it doesn't actually do the billing the same way. So in that particular case though, was it kind of the best choice, uh, cost aside, was it the best technical uh, manner to move that data around and therefore worth the 100 grand a year? So in the cloud, you just don't move it across the public internet. You stay within the cloud provider and they yeah. drop their cost dramatically close to 90%. Okay. So there is a strategic way to move applications into the cloud and maybe drop that 99% of applications down to 95, 92, but you still have to be, you have to be very strategic about it. So that way you're identifying where you're incurring your costs. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, because so far it sounds like a lot of the costs that you're going to incur aren't necessarily like I spun up these, you know, these VMs or these containers and I have a cost now, a monthly cost. It sounds like a lot of it is from the movement of, of traffic, of, of packets and flows, right? You got it. It's, it's yeah. storage, storage of okay. that data. So you, you can pull it up this week, next week, two months from now, as well as the transfer of that data. So it sounds like the nature of the visibility that we need into our infrastructure and, uh, and into the into the traffic that's going to and from our resources has changed. I mean, there was a time when all I really cared about as far as visibility uh, was an up-down status of, of my servers, whether they were bare metal or, or VMs. You know, was it pingable, accessible, and that was good enough? Uh, maybe I cared about latency uh, a little bit and if there was voice involved, jitter, things like that. But ultimately, it was, it was not much more than that. Whereas today, yes, we're concerned with that, but we're also very, very much concerned uh, about how much traffic is going to specific cloud resources uh, in the context of cost, including 
how I get to those resources, right? The ingress and egress to to AWS, and also the uh, the path that I take to get there. You know, when you consider the cost of transit networks, thing. right? You got it. There's the backend links into the backend, so your express routes and your direct connects that can lower some of your cost. Anytime something's going over the public internet, there's that premium of going into and out of your cloud provider. Okay, so then how do we do that? Is it just collection of flows, flow data? It is collection of flow data, uh, NSG flow logs in Azure, VPC flow logs in AWS, same similar in GCP. And you can see volumetrically what things look like, uh, what that pathway is, is going on the backside, going across a, a fiber path into your data center, into your campus, or is it going across the front side? And things that are going across that front side, across that public internet, are going to be your biggest, uh, you know, it's going to push your costs up. So we've wrapped this entire conversation of whether moving to the cloud uh, for specific applications or all my applications. We, we've been talking about this in the context of cost more than anything else. Is it cost effective today? And, and really, we haven't looked at performance. So I get that we can see how much traffic is going to what resource. We can look at flows, and we get a lot of network telemetry uh, that we can mine out of that. But uh, what, what can we do as far as performance? I mean, is it wise to move an application to the cloud in the context of, of performance? Will we have the same end user experience or will we have a degraded experience? And therefore, maybe, maybe moving that application to the cloud is not the best choice. You got it. Those flow logs will tell us how much, how much data was going into and out of that server. Yeah. But that's not going to tell you what performance looks like. So you're, yeah. you know, what that cost is going to look like, flow logs will help you. But performance-wise, what that looks like for that end user, that staff member trying to access that web server, that's going to be synthetic testing. So test okay. geographically from wherever your staff, your customers are coming from, and then testing against that web server that you were just talking about. So it sounds like in order to have a modern, effective strategy for migrating applications and services to the cloud, or from cloud to cloud, or from uh, you know from the cloud to back on premises, we really need the visibility into uh, you know from a volumetric standpoint, so we can see how much traffic is going where, and uh, that's a big contributor to cost, right? We also need uh, the performance monitoring, so we can know how effective uh, a perform, or rather, an application is performing from an end user's perspective in a particular cloud or in a particular or specific region, right? So then we can determine whether it's better off in a different cloud or back on premises. And then, and, and in that sense, we really need a holistic uh, approach to visibility um, to see both from a cost perspective, from a performance perspective, if it is viable and, uh, and really the best choice to migrate applications and workloads to the cloud, as opposed to just take it all and stick it into AWS. You got it. That's that's why we're starting to call this stuff network observability. It's tying all the different pieces together from all the different areas. So those DNS requests, how long is that taking? That's you know, gathering that web page, that HTML page that's coming down, and all of the graphics that come with that. How long did that take? What did the TCP connection take? Tying all those things together with the flows helps you start to understand holistically what does that customer experience look like. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of mentioning DNS. I'm I'm almost ashamed, considering how many times that's bitten me in the rear end. You know what I mean? And and now more than ever, you know, because I'm, I have like 77 different DNS servers redirecting to each other, and half of them are in the cloud, and and that's why the application's slow, right? Because of some random DNS server somewhere that's taken forever, or or is pointing to something it shouldn't be. So we had uh, we had a deployment in in Australia. 
and they were using DNS in San Francisco, and they couldn't understand why, uh, geolocation-wise, all of the the files were being downloaded from the San Francisco Bay Area for Australia, and just driving everybody batty in Australia. Wow. Yeah, and it was because of misconfigured DNS, something misconfigured not DNS. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And as much as we like to to joke about DNS being the you know the root of all our network problems, I mean it really is an important piece of our infrastructure. I mean that is how many organizations, if not most, uh, load balance across the global internet. You know to identify where you're coming from and therefore which uh, which region you should be redirected to to get to whatever resource you want. Right? That makes sense. And which I have to assume is tied to cost as well. Right? You got it. Your content because delivery of- networks. That's exactly how they work. And Amazon, they call it Route 53. That's just their mm-hmm. DNS, but they're doing all of the routing for you through DNS routing. Yeah, it's pretty cool how that works on a, on a global scale. I've looked into that before uh, for troubleshooting and, and for design purposes. But, you know, I'm just, just reflecting on how technology changes over time. It's so interesting to me because I remember only a few years ago when everybody had a cloud-first initiative. And it was really just take everything that I have and put it into public cloud and own nothing and then just pay for everything as a service. And and how that's just changing as a result of cost and performance issues and how we're just becoming more strategic in what we move when and how. Just kind of like with SD-WAN, you know, I'm bringing that up again, how uh, you know the the initial uh, impetus was to save money on ditching MPLS and then that that narrative changed as well over time as everything matured and we looked at the reality of how things were implemented and then utilized and consumed after the fact. So anyway, so Ted, uh, I think right here is a good place to stop. And uh, before we close, though, how can folks reach you online if they had a question or wanted to comment on something from today's show? I'm on Twitter. I'm Ted Turner in Cal. Okay, great. And you can find me on Twitter at network underscore Phil. You can search my name on LinkedIn, Philip Gervasi, and uh, active in pretty pretty active in both places. So, uh, And to listen to other episodes of Telemetry Now, you can visit our website, kentic.com slash telemetry dash now. And if you're interested in being a guest on Telemetry Now, or you have an idea for a show, you can email us at telemetrynow at kentic.io. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.